It was exactly 54 years ago today. Seattle became world famous as the World's Fair opened just down the street there. And Felix Bunnell is here to help us remember what it was like. Yeah, you can't really overstate how much that fair reshaped the city. You know, we had about 10 million people went through the gates, massive cultural infrastructure that we built over there at what's now Seattle Center. It turned to profit, made this can-do spirit that looked forward to the high-tech era we live in now. But, yeah, that story's been told again and again. Enough about that. Today, I want to talk about the music of the fair and sort of the myth and mystery surrounding a folk song that dared to poke fun at the fair and at the Space Needle. You know, the song we heard a moment ago was probably the best-known song during the fair. It's See You in Seattle by Joy and the Boys. I called Pat O'Day, who I like to call all the time for any excuse. In 1962, he was program director and the afternoon guy on KJR. He remembers Joy and the Boys. <laughs> Meet me in Seattle at the fair. I'll be there. Something like that. Pat has a nice voice. He also remembers another selection, which he says was the only other fair song that they played regularly on KJR. This one's about a man on the observation deck of the Space Needle who looks through a telescope through an apartment window where he sees, what else? A naked woman. I remember we played it on KJR. Wasn't that a mighty day, great God, that evening when the needle hit the ground? And in that window standing there was a maid so fair. But for the hair upon her head, that maid so fair was fair. Wasn't that a mighty day, great God, that evening when the needle hit the ground? So we don't have time to play the whole song, but the, to make a long story short, everyone rushes over to take a look at the naked woman. The needle tips over and falls off and rolls down the hill and cuts the viaduct in half. So Not a bad way to that, get rid of it. That's not the news. We're talking about fiction right now, just so people don't worry. They're laying there in bed or in your car right now. The viaduct is still standing. So the recordings from a 45 that was produced in a little folk club in a basement in Pioneer Square, a place called 92 Yesler. It was in business for a brief time back then. There was a really thriving folk scene, you know, yeah. Kingston Trio, the Brothers Four. That was that era. Uh, it was, it, it, so it was in the 50s and early 60s. The singers are Mike and Maggie, and the song was written by a guy named Chris Todd. These are all local people. They're in their early 20s. Mike Molasso passed away in the 1970s, but I spoke with Maggie Savage a few days the ago. The radio stations all went nuts for it, and they were doing it like every hour on the hour. <laughs> and it was lovely. I mean, it was really grand that they were doing this. And then all of a sudden, it stopped happening. And we were I got a hold of Pat O'Day, and I said, you know, Pat, what happened? Who did what to stop this from happening? And um, he says, oh, Maggie, I don't know anything about that at all. I thought, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm trying to solve the mystery, right, because she, Maggie thinks that the fair officials said, shut that down. You can't play uh-huh. that song. It's making fun of the fair, making fun of the needle. So I, world's fair officials are getting harder and harder to track down these days. I talked to Albert Fisher and Louis Larson. Neither remembered the song, let alone any attempt to stifle it. So I went back to Pat O'Day and asked him point blank, was there any truth to the conspiracy theory? Not true. At least not my radio station was, was not told that. Anyway, the, the songwriter Chris Todd says that during the fair, a couple who identified themselves as the owners of the Space Needle came down to 92 Yesler and said how much they loved the song. The mystery is probably never going to be really solved. We have more details at MyNorthwest.com, and there's really only one way to end this story. Yeah? By playing this song? That's it. Yeah. Well, the restaurant kept rolling right on down anyway. It got to fly Remember the mockumentary, A Mighty Wind? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
This reminds me of that. Yeah, <laughs> this is the real thing. <laughs> I wasn't here in those years, but I certainly remember that kind of music. That was most of my most of my college years. <laughs> I can imagine that very easily. And what's this hunk of plastic you got? That's the actual record. Right? That's Mike yeah. and Maggie. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. It's, Wow. Wasn't it a mighty day? And this is one of the originals, or is it? That a- is the only, they, who knows, they didn't pr- produce very many. They didn't, nobody made any money on this song, and uh, it's on YouTube now, and they're looking to actually identify it with the Library of Congress as Chris Todd as a composer and Mike and Maggie as a performers. Colleen, the way you handle that record, <laughs> it's a, is, that, is that the first time oh, you've seen no, no. a 45? No, no. Oh, okay. t- I had a Fisher-Price pr- record player okay, growing yeah. up, so I, I was just joking with him, saying, what's that hunk of plastic? But it, he says it's maybe the only one, so I didn't want to manhandle it, you know? It's just, it's just, it just worries me because the, the more and more of the stuff I grew up with is showing up in museums. <laughs> it's very disconcerting. <laughs> or it could be honoring if you yes, think about right. it that way. Thank you, Felix. Thank you.